0: Hi, this is Nate Sexton, and you're listening to the AmSide podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the AmSide podcast, the show that talks about all things disc golf. From weekend rounds with our mates to the pro tour over in the States, we've got you covered all from an amateur perspective. My name's Rob, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Dale. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm very good, Dale. Um, it's been a beautiful week, especially down here in the South, so I'll be able to do a little bit of field work without having to dry my disc off after every single throw. So, you know, <laughs> what's better than that? You can't get better than that, mate. Well, I suppose you can. We have finally
2: got live disc golf back. Um, whoop, whoop, whoop. Is... <laughs> I've, uh, I've been waiting for this all off-season, and um, yeah, it's been finally good to, to see the, the boys and the girls in action.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is our first uh, all right, since getting into disc golf. This is our first off season, so we started the game. We're used to week on week coverage, and then we've had nothing. We've been empty, right? So, getting back to some live coverage has been absolutely a breath of fresh air. And I mean, we're going to get into it this episode. But what a what a start it was to the season! Oh,
2: what a weekend of disc golf! Um, it was it was gripping. It was uh, it's been really really good um some people surprising us um some people doing the same old same old but yeah you're right we'll get into it and uh, we'll, we'll go into the nitty-gritty of this
1: weekend so why don't you uh tell our listeners a little bit about what we're gonna be talking about this episode i mean people have seen it online they know what to expect we've got a great guest lined up but will not you tell us a little bit about it
2: yeah i won't make the same mistake as i said last week because it is no secret is it rob because we have blasted it everywhere this week we have got none other than Mr. Nate Sexton on the show. How awesome was that?
1: Oh, it's, I mean, is there a bigger name in disc golf at the moment? One or two, but absolutely not. It's, 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 it's amazing. The, uh, definitely some top caliber guests we're getting on the show now.
2: Yeah, no, exactly, mate. And we're just getting started. As we always say, this is just the beginning of side. So, um, no, let's, let's get into it, mate. And, uh, yeah, let's go through Vegas. But why don't we start with just a little bit on the all-star weekend because we didn't really cover that
1: yeah and just before that a little bit of business don't forget that the the podcast is sponsored by uh discub.co.uk. we've said it before they've got an unbeatable range of brands on offer they've got great prices great customer service quick shipping if you haven't been over there yet make sure you do yourself a favor and get over there because they're doing all the right things so yeah all-star weekend um let's let's do a quick recap. Obviously, it was just sort of a little taste of the season to come. Uh, But some really interesting stuff that was beginning to show. So obviously, one thing we've spoke about quite a bit on the show is about players with new bags. We spoke about Ezra, um, about it quite extensively last week. Uh, James Conrad though, he um, he's had new bag, obviously the MVP swap. And it showed a little bit. Now, I'm not saying he did badly. He's James Conrad at the end of the day, and he's going to kill any single course that he's on. But there was a couple of times where you'd actually hear him on the mic say, oh, geez, that's very straight, or something, where a disc maybe surprised him outside of the field work or the field testing he's done with it. So definitely some, some tweaks and maybe some things that a lot of these players with new bags are going to need to make.
2: Yeah, I think a good point with James Conrad. I think what we we can't discount is that he was thrown in two days before the event. You know, he was said, you know, this is your playing now. When when Nico dropped out, so fair play to him for for stepping up and and showing us what he can do with MVP.
1: Because yeah, it was it was incredible to watch. Oh, absolutely. I mean, James Conrad is always fun to watch. I mean, those those run-ups are alone worth tuning in for. So it's uh, definitely up there. Um, He's the reason Jaime's had to get more uh, cameras
2: because
1: they've, exactly. they've got to have enough to film his runner. Wide-angle lenses, maybe. <laughs> so on the F- on the FPO side, um, we spoke about the Paige Pierce era, but Kona Panis has come in with the huge win on the All-Star Weekend, um, and convincing is not the word. Obviously, it wasn't a solo performance. Scores came over from the doubles on the day one. But again, great watching Kona play. She absolutely killed it, so... It just shows there's a little bit of competition out there, so Paige can't rest too comfortably at the top there. Um, and then with Macbeth uh, and over on the NPO, obviously Macbeth took the win, but it was tooth and nail. It came down to a playoff. Calvin Heinberg, you know, he's my boy, Calvin Heimberg, um, <laughs> was absolutely competing, and he uh, was just unfortunate at the end with that playoff, uh, and, and Macbeth, the king of clutch, again, I've said it before on the show, managed to pull off the win but no it was that was it was a great start to the season but let's jump into vegas cuz that's why people are here well let's be honest people are here to listen to Nate Sexton a little bit but the episode about vegas let's uh, let's jump into that and what a start to the to the tour it was this was far from easy i mean from the first round you you've got to talk about the weather i mean and that's what a lot oh, of people talk
2: about majorly, when we talk about vegas majorly you know the weather, I never knew that Vegas was so windy. I generally didn't. But I suppose when people go to Vegas, they spend all their time inside. It's not really outside, are they? But um yeah, I mean, what what a golf course, Wild Horse is. Um, that looked incredible. Um, if that was like uh, open to play, obviously we never paid for it. Um, but three awesome courses. Um, would I say the most challenging courses in the world? I don't think so. I think like that showed with the scores, you know, minus. I think forty-five
1: or forty in the end that um eagle won with you know that's a low low score. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I mean I've got I've got the figures in front of me. It was a minus forty-eight round, so obviously it's not the most challenging course. Um, but I think it's good to have variation in courses on the tour. Obviously, uh, uh, the course is quite open, so you could argue it's slightly easier. But it meant that we got to see some huge arms doing exactly what they do. So Garrett Gerthy, Thomas Gilbert, Ezra Adaholt, they were able to put those massive crushes in which let's be honest it's it's one thing that's great about watching live coverage is seeing some of those shots just disappear out of view oh
2: some of those holes they, you know, they are long holes and Macbeth and, and that sort they, they look to be throwing so effortless, effortlessly and um, just absolutely crushing it um, even on the FBO side you know Katrina Allen, Paige Pierce, doing exactly the same crushing drives um but i think ian and nate on uh, disc golf network put it correct you know the consistency and your sort of distance control
1: was key at that golf
2: course
1: 100% yeah for sure but then let's bring it back to the weather for a second because uh and talk about the guest that we've got coming on a little bit of the show mr nate sexton he got extremely unlucky in the first uh, first round and a little bit of bad luck in the second round as well. And I'm blaming the weather on that because he was throwing some beautiful shots, but some of the skips, he was getting off that extremely dry, short grass. um, They were skipping and even the skip didn't look too dangerous, but then the wind would just flip it up on his edge. It would roll. And he was finding OB after OB after OB, um, which these are, these are things that I'm sure wouldn't happen on a lovely calm day. Uh, And he wasn't the only one. A lot of people getting punished by that wind, uh, just flipping badly, turning way too much. And obviously putting, there's a lot of missed putts this weekend. A lot of amazing putts, but a lot of missed putts. And I know as amateurs, we like a nice clear day. And as soon as there's some wind, it throws our game off. This was more than some wind. This was a gust. And uh, I, I think... You know what, these guys are pros and they played through it and they played well within it. Uh, day uh, day three, day two, and three were a little bit calmer, but still, it made for some really interesting golf to watch.
2: Yeah, and I think I think wind may have killed Macbeth's tournament on that one hole. Um, you know, last round, going over water, it is battered his zone down, just gone. Um, you know, that was looking online the whole way, and I think that was it. That, you know, he had to then go to the drop zone, he then went out of bounds again you know, putting into a um a tailwind part and it's just lifted up, you know, unfortunately. And I think that's when his tournament ended. Um, you know, I'd love for Macbeth to win, but I can't
1: can't doubt Eagle, that was an incredible, incredible performance from him. Absolutely insane. Oh, absolutely. You talk about uh, what the guys were saying over on the coverage and the thing they kept saying across all four days was the cream rises to the top. And you look at this I mean, you look at this finishing scorecard, the top 10 are names which you'd expect to be there. And I think it pretty much is the the 10 best players in the world. Apart from one, one is a surprising name, and that's the guy that came in at 10th, a guy called Clint Calvin. Now, me and you, again, reasonably new to the sport. I haven't heard of this guy, but he had an exceptional exceptional tournament. Um, And it was great to see some of these names that I'm not familiar with. Actually, you know what? challenging some of these big dogs because we've said it time and time again there's space up there for a few more players something that's awesome as well uh, is looking at ezra so we've got to talk about ezra's performance second overall which for the guy who's just got a main brand sponsor only been touring for a couple of years a second place finish in this tournament just under eagle was phenomenal. And if you look at his PGA number, he is like the other guys are in the tens of thousands. He's in the hundreds of thousands. That just shows the how much later he's he, he's got into the game compared to the Eagles, the Wisakis, the Macbeths.
2: Yeah, and I think we cannot go without saying, eleven hundred rated round. That is incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, a six, sixteen under. I that is the round of the tournament. I'm fairly sure, right? Because oh, yeah, even e, yeah, I mean, Eagle didn't uh, Eagle didn't get sixteen under. Arguably, it was on a slightly easier course because most pros were having a slightly easier time over on that course. But still, the performance that Ezra put in over the weekend was phenomenal. And obviously, we spoke to him last week, and he talked about the pressure, talked about going out there and just doing what he knows what he can do. And it looks like that's the game plan he stuck to and came away with something big. He also mentioned that he'd like to come in top ten. Um, at the end of the year, and he is well on his way to achieving that, sticking number two in this first spot, which yeah, it's awesome to see. Definitely, mate. And he said that he wanted to win an event this year.
2: And after that performance, I have no doubt that will happen. Um, I think Ezra Aedhold is here to stay. Um, I think he's out there proving every single person that said, you know, he's gone straight to the elite team at Discraft. He has shown every single one of them why he should be on that card. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see
1: what else he can do this year oh for sure and also that that's this has come off the back of the news of paul mcbeth pulling in a 10 million pound contract of discraft ezra's also with discraft and you look at the score paul came ninth i believe overall in the tournament where Ezra came second so it just shows that (laughs) yeah it's it's not always consistent with some of these guys i'm not saying that paul is losing it or anywhere near that thought But you know what? It's week on week. It's how you play. And it just shows that, again, he deserves to be on Discraft Elite because this performance that he is capable of. Um, But let's talk about uh, a guy that (laughs) you love more than anyone else in the world. Let's talk about Bro. (laughs) Let's talk about Brody Smith. He came in... I was literally about to say it. He came in 25th. That is amazing I mean he uh, I'm scrolling down on on the uh the Las Vegas results you have to go to uh the 34th spot to find anyone else that isn't a thousand rated Brody's sitting at 999 23rd place he's cashed in you know what fair play to the guy he came out he played big lots of mistakes that let, let, let's let's say let's not tell, say he had a perfect round lots of mistakes a few tweaks that maybe that's just you know, that's, that's entering the pro tour. There's lots of things that you need to get used to, but yeah, really excited to see what this guy can pull off moving forward because he's clearly, he's clearly dedicated. He's proved that he is a guy that needs to be watched. So excited to see what comes up.
2: Oh, massively. He He's there, you know, he's been playing disc golf because um, if I turn around and say he's been playing for a year, people get upset because he's playing ultimate for for many years, but he's playing disc golf for a year and to come onto the pro scene uh, and do what he's done. You know, he's 999 rated. I have no doubt that after the next ratings update in a couple of weeks' time, he will be over that thousand mark. And at that point, he said he's going to stop caring about ratings. Um, you know, he he has made mistakes. If you speak to him, he will nowhere near and say he's played his best golf. He said his pattern was off all week, um, you know. But when needed, he got that scuba out many times and made some incredible shots. I think day one, he made an 80-foot scuba um, and gave, gave the fans a scuba salute. You know, that's going to be his thing. That's what he'll be remembered for. You know, he'll be Brody Smith, the scuba guy. Um, but um, yeah, I'm very excited to see um, what he's going to do this year. I made a very bold comment tonight in my prediction, saying I think he'll win an event. Do you know what? I think he will.
1: I generally do think he'll win an event this year. Well, that's that's still <laughs> still seems to be seen, to be believed. But you know what? Based on his performance, he's definitely uh, definitely a couple of years. I think, but maybe this year. Let's see. Let's move over to the FPO. We've got to give the FPO some love because you know what? Those guys are also killing it. We've got to talk about the top spot. Paige Pierce took the top spot. It's not surprising. It's another tick on her uh, list of wins and the first tick for the year. And we're going to see a lot more, I'm sure. But you know what? She wasn't sitting comfortably at the top. It was a battle between her and Katrina Raman all the way to the finish. One point difference, one stroke difference, I should say. It wasn't comfortable. They were just trading. They were trading that top spot all the way through. So it just shows that there are people in the FPO that can challenge, and she can't just go into these tournaments assuming the win every single week. Um, but I also want I I want to talk about third and fourth in the in the FPO because again, really interesting competition there. A little bit of battling. Uh, you've got uh, Jessica Weiss and Owen Scoggins now. Owen Scoggins. She took the last year off, so you thought she might be a little bit rusty coming in, but nope, she pulled that fourth spot. And that was only fourth, could have been third, but Jessica Weiss was throwing phenomenal all weekend. And she'd, I mean, one putt was a 50-foot par save putt just to keep in that, just to keep a notch ahead of home. So um, again, really great battles in the FPO. Obviously, same challenges that the MPO had with the wind, the conditions. So it's great to see that there isn't just... A, a dominant player over in the FPO. There's still these challenges. There's still these fights and these battles that make disc golf wonderful to watch.
2: Yeah, I think Paige Pierce starting as she means to go on, really. Um, but great battle between her and Katrina. But fair play to Haley King. After a couple of days, she was showing thirty first, and she battled her way back to fifth. Um, you know, fair play to her because you know she's obviously gone back there and and thought. Uh, so I need, to, I need to change this up. And it's just gone out there and smashed it. And one thing, um, I don't know if everyone saw over our interest stories, there was quite a few players on Sunday and I thought this was a fitting tribute and I loved it. Um, there's a quite a few players out there wearing red and black for Tiger, um, which I thought was was awesome because there are a lot of people over in the PGA, or yeah, PGA, I get mixed up now, um, were doing exactly the same thing. So it's nice that he's, we've come over and done and done that. I know Paul was in black and red, Jordan
1: Leca- uh, Jordan Castro was, Haley King, which is uh awesome to see oh absolutely it's just one big family over there right it, between ball golf disc golf they're all playing the same tunes so yeah it was great to see and really respectful apart uh, from foot golf we'll leave that we'll leave that to them yeah well <laughs> we were, i don't think we're going to get into foot golf too much on this podcast that's uh <laughs> I, yeah i think uh most people know our opinions on that if they know us <laughs> well awesome well let's jump on to what people have been waiting for they've sat through a fair few minutes of us gibbering around what happened on vegas but earlier this week we had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with nate sexton obviously a legend it was great to hear what the guy to say so we'll jump straight into that and uh we'll see when that's finished so nate sexton thank you so much for joining us welcome to the show how's it going man
0: i'm great thanks for having me guys we are really, really excited
2: to have you on. Um, as I said, we are both massive fans of you. Um, and the fact that we have sitting on a, a Zoom call now with Nate Sexton for us is, <laughs> is
1: incredible. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a massive honor. So really, really appreciate it. We'll have to, uh, pinch, we'll have to pinch ourselves later.
0: Happy to be of service.
1: So uh as we understand that you're uh currently in Vegas, you've just arrived. So you're uh ready to try and hold on to your title that you claimed last year at the Las Vegas Challenge. Um yeah. this podcast actually comes out after the fact. So we won't we would have known how you've done, but uh okay. both me and Dale are fairly confident uh that you're gonna smash it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's cra- it's pretty crazy. I'm I'm coming in um my, I, I'm not really putting huge expectations. I'm just trying to come in and play my best. And uh, number one goal is not injure myself because that injury at USDGC ended up nagging me like up until basically now. So it's like almost gone, but it's still in the back of my mind. So I, I would love to just uh, be able to compete and uh, and feel healthy and and kind of commit to what I'm trying to do. But yeah, it's it's amazing how quickly a year has passed that I, I haven't been... Uh, playing on the elite level in almost a year. Cause I played Vegas and I played Memorial uh, the very next week and then COVID hit. And then I tried to go to USDGC, but had the injury. So almost an entire year away from the game, but I get, I get a nice welcome back with uh, with uh, some of the best players in the world. So it's, it's going to be fun.
1: Well, I think that's kind of the, uh, the elephant in the room for myself and Dale. So we are amateurs to the sport and actually we picked up disc golf through the pandemic yeah so something that's really exciting for us is we um of course have watched uh, your coverage on jomez um some of the older content uh, and some of the old rounds on youtube but uh now having the opportunity to see you uh, in live coverage and uh, sort of up-to-date coverage we're really excited to sort of follow you along this year Um, obviously you're 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 a pro and that that's what you do so in terms of the mindset coming off of COVID is it business as usual or is there any tweaks or slight changes that you're uh, you're making to get ready
0: well I'm here really early Uh, part of that is because I have a ton of videos to make uh, between my commitments to Innova and Jomez and uh, work maybe something with um, GK Pro and with the Disc Golf Pro Tour and with the LVC I have like a ton of things. Uh, this is my this is my kickoff, the podcast for my for my Vegas media blitz because I have so many things to do since I've been gone. Uh, that and I also want to practice a little bit slower than I normally would because I don't want to just rush right out there, so excited to be back and hurt myself because I feel like that's kind of what I did at the USDGC. I sitting around at home all the time for COVID, trying to stay in shape, trying to play when I can. But my wife is working <clears throat> literally all the time and I have my, my daughter who's only three and a half. So practice rounds are not as common as I would like. And so then I think I went out there and it was just so excited. I'm just throwing like, ah, I can just throw all day. And then I hurt myself. So I'm here super early and I'm going to practice kind of slowly and, and do my best to, you know, get my warm up to be as, as long and, and, uh, complete as it can be. But yeah, other than that, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just got here, but it's it'll probably start feeling more like business as usual as I see all my old friends and uh, you know it'll be it's always weird now that we, that the masks are a thing because I haven't really experienced all that much of that to be honest uh, compared to most of the competitors because most of them were out here a little bit more last year. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I, I won this last year and I I didn't come in thinking oh I'm about to win. I just practiced and come and try to play my best and it happened to work. I got hot that that first week and uh yeah who knows maybe it could happen again it'd be it'd be a cool story if I just kind of took a year off and then came back and was and didn't miss a beat but I'm really not that concerned with the result I'm just I just want to come out and uh and be back and and you know throw them
2: yeah I just got to enjoy it and there's me thinking that you were there a week early to enjoy Vegas <laughs> but obviously you've got a lot of
0: yeah it's hard well it's hard it's like As much as I would like to, it's like, I've been gone so long trying to stay responsible with COVID. So like now, even now that I'm here in kind of a cool city, it's like, I'm just basically going like hotel course. I got my, you know, traveling has changed for me and I hope this will go away, but like I'm doing like my own hotel room, my own rental car, all this stuff to like help me um, quasi isolate um yeah. so it's like way more expensive uh to come to these tournaments now than it used to be because i used to always share with buddies and uh and you know just ride around with friends um so yeah i mean i can't really i can't really have it both ways as far as like oh now i'm gonna go get like a nice dinner you know so it's like it's weird i'm, I'm just gonna be eating takeout and and uh you know i'm on a, on a work trip for sure which sh- I think there should be a big sexy berry tour bus. That's yeah, what that'd I'm be like cool. Yeah, like a bubble, and yeah, that'd be that would be cool. If the if I, if in in my younger days before I had all my family commitments, I would have signed up for that.
1: <laughs> I, I think uh, some of the points you just made about actually maybe taking it a bit slow coming back is going to be really interesting to the listeners of this show because in the UK we're still in lockdown. Uh, both me and Dale are not playing currently, and a lot of people are eager to get out, and they're going to be trying to rip those, uh, rip those shots off the tee. So I think actually maybe there's a lesson to be learned about, you know, what let's not jump the gun. Let's when we can start playing again, take it a little bit, uh, a little bit more casual. I'm not not suggesting that it's casual, but uh, yeah,
0: yeah, let's like, get back it, into it slowly. Yeah, not even casual so much as just uh, like, like measured. You know, like you're you're just going to be out there and making sure you're. um, you know, not just going straight out of the car to like the long haul and throw even though that's fun. Uh, it's a little more risky, I think when you when your body hasn't been conditioned to be playing every day.
1: I think we both or I think we all probably have the story of the first shot of the day has ruined the day because you have pulled something or twisted something. Uh, I know that's happened to me enough times.
2: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, one thing that I wanted to bring up is, obviously, we've watched you through your YouTube um, from Champs versus Chumps. Now, I didn't know if you was aware of this, but I wanted to ask your opinion. Volume four of Champs versus Chumps, Cynthia. Yeah. She's got a full tour this year. Pro dynamic. Yeah. How amazing. That must make you feel incredible. You know, you've watched this player go from a 14-year-old out driving sure. Port Beth to now a full tour.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew if it was obvious that day that uh, if she was interested in pursuing it, there would be a, at least an opportunity to see how she stacks up. You know, it's like, it's a lot more than just your arm, you know, you got mental game and everything else, but she's a great kid. I, I wish her well. And, you know, every time I see her, I, it's, a, it's a fun little hello to remember that day of, uh, you know, now, and now I've seen her in a lot of situations because she's out there playing, but, but yeah, I did see that, that she's going to, uh, put college on hold at least for a bit and then try the tour thing. And I, yeah, I wish her well.
2: That's incredible. I think there's, there's been such growth in FPO, hasn't there? And that's one thing we're trying to really do over in the UK. We've got a few people that are really pushing it. Um, but do you think this year we're going to see a page base era or do you think there's going to be more competition?
0: Well, I think it, it hinges heavily on the Europeans. Uh, if the if the Europeans can come in and be part of it then I think we'll see some really good competition either way we will Haley King Katrina Allen not to be discounted in any way uh, and others but um, but I would say that uh, the, the European women are the are the key to the most amazing FPO season we've ever seen if we can uh, if we can get them safely here but again like I'm in no rush I want it to be i want it to be safe and i want everyone to be uh healthy so whenever they get here it'll be great
2: no definitely um we'd love to get to a european open you know i've watched videos of the beast in nokia and mm. that course
0: mm. just looks incredible it's fun it's really fun and there's a lot of other great ones right around there to go check out too
2: it's definitely on our plan uh over the next couple of years obviously at the moment we can't travel anywhere and um yeah i've uh i've got a little one on the way this year so it might uh it might halt my disc golfing traveling for a bit, but uh, with we're sure. certainly gonna try and get over to
1: uh, Europe partner Rob, yeah. No, uh, and maybe awesome. maybe uh, Nate can share some tips to be later on about how to maneuver a buggy around a disc golf uh, disc golf course, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, I've already said to the missus that I'm I'm still want to play my disc golf on a Sunday and I'll, I'll take the
2: uh, I'll take the stroller with us.
0: Yeah, it's not that bad, especially little baby, so easy. They're just going to sleep and do hardly anything the whole time. It gets a little more harder when they start to say they don't want to go or they want, they have other things they want to do, but you're a long way from that.
2: You just shot them with rolling dice. Cause she did a great job with that.
0: Yeah. She, oh, she does great almost always, but, but yeah, she, you know, it's like, for me, it's like a kind of like a, using a mix of like reverse psychology and jedi mind tricks to like decide that disc golf is going to be fun a fun thing to do to with our morning today because you know i want to do it pretty often and she's kind of like i mean are we really are we going to do that i'm like well, hey, yeah, well think about this i mean we could bring this we could bring the stuffed animal oh well we can you know, tell do so his job yeah, that too. Yeah, if Germ's there, then we got no problems. He's he makes it he he makes it fun for everybody.
1: I can sense some uh, Germ got a bogey merch in the making.
0: <laughs> toddler toddler t shirts only.
1: So so Nate, um, all of our listeners will know you uh from multiple aspects of disc golf. Obviously as a player, but the uh your the the work you're doing around commentary and media around disc golf. Obviously ESPN at the end of the year, um, huge for the sport. A question that I really want to delve into is around the evolving media. So obviously we started out as one camera just capturing the T-shots and now we're seeing four or five cameras per production company with slow motion, capture flights, follow flights. Do you think that this growth might, affect the game itself so it's very fun loving and easy going as a sport or it can be at least do you think it might maybe make it slightly more uh official maybe dress codes start to become slightly stricter some conducts conduct starts to become slightly stricter or do you just think it's going to do nothing but help the growth of the sport and uh and, and keep driving
0: i i guess i would i would almost argue that those kind of things are part of help growing the sport. Like even though they might feel like a, a minor negative in the moment, I think that's certainly happening, whether intentional or not, just because your behavior is kind of like immortalized by the camera. So people need to be a little bit careful with like how they're going to act. If there's somebody there to document and you could turn this whole thing into a meme, if you go too crazy. So that, that happens already. Uh, the dress code thing, I think players have been getting more, kind of dressing fancier for years now it seems like everyone's kind of uh, doing a little bit more to uh to look the part on the course whatever is that what Jeremy calls it yeah yeah that's true yeah he's he's (laughs) he's at the forefront there he's doing experimental stuff Uh, but but uh but yeah i think uh overall it's yeah it's only helping and and as the game grows and as there's more money and all that it and, and inevitably it becomes more serious um but i don't Have any problem with that?
2: No, I think. Well, the first day that uh, Rob ever met me, I turned up to a disc golf competition wearing full-on golf clothing because I didn't know what to wear to a disc golf course.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I would say we're pretty close on the professional tour. It's not so. It's not so different from what you would see from the the ball golfers. And do you think that we're going to
2: see an era where? sort of ball golf the way that's produced and disc golf is going to align you know where the sport is only growing do you think we're going to be in a position soon where you know stuff like fountain hills where they won't shut the course off we're going to see courses shut off completely and that is only disc golf going on there
0: Well, that's that's Las Vegas for you. Uh, We used to play at a park called Sunset Park, and it was fine. But there was a lot of people in the park just kind of walking around and and Memorial is obviously the kind of the chief example of that both of the courses there are just kind of like slammed with people just recreating as you're trying to play this professional tournament so Vegas it's not cheap to rent the wild horse golf club, but they're doing that now because then we get exclusive use and we can produce this event and have the look and have the lack of distractions and have all of that happening. So I think you'll see that more and more. It's not, not so much that the game will get so big that like public parks are going to close down, but that the the tournaments will leave those venues and seek out places where they can pay for the exclusive use and have the property for, for a week or two and be able to make the big show.
2: Nice. We just need to get Christmas tree farms everywhere so we can have a Maple Hill everywhere.
0: Yeah, except not every Christmas tree farm is Maple Hill I've found. There's a there, there, there that's a special place cuz it's like Christmas tree farm, yes, but then like there's so much of it that's like lakes and other woods and hills and that place is that place is a dream property i i don't i i gotta find out if there's more of those and i need to get in line to buy one
2: <laughs> absolutely it's our dream course with lo- it's where we'd love to play if anyone ever said to mm-hmm. us where do i play maple hill just because yeah
0: you wouldn't be disappointed it's really fun and and with all the teapad pad and basket combinations you could play there for a week and, and not get bored at all
1: maybe we'll plan that one rob yeah maybe i think we'd have to do the uh we'd have to do the tea basket combos that don't go over water though because i don't necessarily trust my distance yet on, that, on yeah, some of those sure, holes
0: sure, sure. Uh, that's fine
1: um i get nervous watching you guys throw <laughs>
0: we get we get nervous too well he doesn't see it because if i stood up to i think
2: Brody put a picture as 393 foot carry over water i mean what am i throwing in the water <laughs> yeah. <no way> <laughs> yeah um now i wanted to touch on probably the most well i think one of the most successful discs out there the firebird hmm how much do you love that disc?
0: <laughs> <laughs> as much as as much as a man can love a disc, I'll say. I don't know. I've, it's great. I mean, it's it's been a career maker for me, and obviously it's the it's my preferred disc for throwing. I mean, I I pretty much use it. I look for any excuse to use it. You know, even to my detriment uh, sometimes. Where I'll like it's like an obvious backhand, and I'll be like, ah, I'm pretty sure I can make the Firebird work. And, uh, and sometimes I question those decisions in hindsight, but. No, it's a. I mean, it's a huge part of my the way I play. It's a huge part of the success that I've had in in the disc in the disc golf world and with my career. And you know, I don't know that I would still be sitting here right now and, and still playing if it weren't for the the royalties and the support that Innova has shown me through the vehicle of the Sexton Firebird.
2: It's 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 a very popular disc over in the UK. The one thing we struggle over in the UK is to get discs. Because obviously at the moment yeah. things are on a on a decline for obviously production because of COVID, you know, yeah, discs to get over here is 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 awful. But there is a, a selection of people that absolutely love your discs. And um I think they're gonna be very excited when they, they hear the podcast and you're on it because um, nice it's uh it's big for them. Rob, what was the story that we got sent in this week about Firebird?
1: Yeah, so uh the last episode was about uh losing discs, because obviously it's a big part of the part of the game. Sure. Um and obviously there's a lot of conversations around uh finding uninked discs and morality around where do, what do you do with them, do you keep them? Uh one of our listeners actually managed to track down and find and return a, a sexton, I think it was 2016 Sexton Firebird, which nice. over here is uh over here would carry quite a hefty price. Here too. Um <laughs> one thing I would love to know though is surely it must pain slightly not seeing a disc thrown because as soon as it's made, it's born to be used in a game. Do, do you, do you kind of wish that every firebird was thrown or do you accept that they become now a collector object?
0: Uh, I'm totally fine with the collector thing. I think it drives the hype, you know? So like, it's cool. Like, you know, everything is that way. Every, every sport and every activity has these niche rare things. And some people, you know, those people also throw them, but they have certain ones that they prefer to hang up and have as, as like an art piece in their house or just a collection they're super proud of. So No, that doesn't bother me at all. Um, As long as you know, as long as those people are most people are still out there throwing them in some form. I don't care if they want to save a couple and you know, I have I have ones I'm not throwing I have ones in boxes on my wall and shadow boxes on my wall. So, you know, I can't I can't really fault anybody else. And I think overall, it's probably done great things for the just kind of the fervor around the Sextant Firebird because people kind of feel like you can't you know, you can buy just buy as many as you can get. And, and you can just resell them later, you know, so it's like, uh, it's a good place to be in for me that people feel like it's like almost an investment in a way, which is like a, a strange thing to think that you could, like, even a couple of years ago, I don't think that would have made any sense to say. But now it does feel that way it kind of feels like, you know, if you could, if you had the opportunity to buy 50, why wouldn't you? Because, you, you know, you could just trade them or sell them or s- keep them. And, and it seems at this point, very, very unlikely that you would be in a situation where you're like, man, nobody wants these things.
2: No, definitely. Do you think that we'd, did you feel that we'd ever be in a position where discs are selling for over $200 when you buy them for $19.99? Uh,
0: I mean, I knew, I knew that that does happen. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty crazy how quick it can happen now. Uh, like I just did this little like release just personally you know I I ordered a thousand discs and my buddy helped me ship them out and I kind of thought that would be a little different to be honest because that's just me commissioning art and making a disc I could do that anytime I want when Innova makes a disc and it like honor it's like a big honor you know it's like not just me getting some money together and ordering these discs but the collector market sort of reacted to it as if it was the, the other way, you know, which fine with me, I guess, but yeah, I saw some of those, you know, I sold them for $25 and it's like, not really my business. I'm the retailer in this situation. So I don't really see a way that I would like monetize a lot of that value, but it is sort of weird to see like a disc that I just sold for 25 turning around for 150 or 200, like the next week. That's strange. Um, but like, yeah, at the same time, I mean, I don't think I'd do very well putting them up on my website for 150. I think I'd get some, uh, some hate for that <laughs> so so yeah i mean it's it's weird Fair enough it's weird but it's uh it's a fact of life and uh yeah i don't i wouldn't say i have a problem with it but it is amusing and kind of incredible sometimes how how quickly like like with these uh las vegas firebirds i'm sure we're gonna see those things go crazy in a couple of days here
1: well if i had a uh, if i had a delorean from the second back the future i would go back and tell my my past self to buy bitcoin and sexton firebirds So the two uh... yes yes
0: <laughs> yes that would be a good combination
1: so, so Nate uh I'm just one of the podcasts was about um uh was about losing discs like like I mentioned we'd love you uh, just to give a quick story about a time where you've lost a disc which lost meant the most to you uh and one that you stay up at night thinking about if only you threw it differently
0: oh man I I've lost so many <laughs> over the years that I, I there isn't like a I don't. Nothing jumps into my mind that's like, oh my gosh, if only I had that one back. But I've definitely lost um, some really nice Firebirds that I've lo- that I've really liked, and also, and Destroyers is probably the disc I lose the most, just because you're always. That's what I'm using to try my craziest shots and to do the the riskiest things I can do. So I'll often have um, people message me and say, Hey, man, do you have like, could I buy like your beat up old Destroyers from your bag that you used to throw? And I pretty much always say they don't exist. Destroyers die in the blaze of glory. Like they, it's very rare for like one to like get to a point where I'm like, this is just too flippy and I'm going to put it on a shelf because my flippiest destroyer is always going to be the disc. And I'm like, well, maybe I can make it over the water. Like let's try it with this one, you know, cause you want to get it up really high and see if you can get that turn or whatever. So I think, yeah, I've lost a lot of those, you know, well-seasoned discs that, and even new ones too, but the new ones don't really, I don't really blink an eye about it because it's like, all right, I'll just replace that. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the major perks of being a sponsored player is that I'm not that super attached to, uh, to what I have, even though I, they're cool discs and I like them, but I, it's it's not too hard for me to find a, a, a workable replacement at any time. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say I've had like, I, I don't have one coming to mind that's like the, that if only I had that disc back, everything would be different.
1: Awesome. Well, Nate, thank you so much for joining the show. We know your time is, uh, time is precious and we, well, we hope that you you absolutely killed it at Vegas because obviously this is, this is now post-tournament. Um, but thank you so much for joining yeah. us and we hope to have you on in the future.
2: Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been brilliant. And I look forward to uh, your YouTube video in four and a half years' time
0: yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be big it's gonna be huge i don't know who i'm gonna maybe i'll go like full budget i'll make like the Blow like up. a really good video
2: no as for our <laughs> for our listeners that um that may not know obviously where to find you i'm sure they will just uh give yourself a shout out where they can uh go and find you
0: yeah i'm uh, at frisbee nate on instagram um nate sexton is my athlete page on facebook uh yeah, that's probably the most important places, uh, fun, just to see where I am and see what uh, what I'm doing for my tour. It's going to be, it's kind of an evolving situation right now, but we'll, I'm going to be out there as much as I possibly can, and, and yeah, really excited to uh, mix it up with everybody again.
1: Awesome, and uh, I don't think there'd be anyone listening to this podcast that hasn't gone over and listened to Running It of Nate Sexton, which is your podcast, sure. obviously. Yeah, yeah, but, try um, that out. <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's a great, it's a great listen uh, i look forward to fridays because of it so um if you haven't go check that out thanks brilliant well thanks so much for joining us and uh, hopefully speak to you soon
0: yeah sounds good guys
1: well ladies and gentlemen nate Sexton, what an awesome guest uh and like Dallas earlier just getting started this is the caliber that we're we've got now and we're, we're definitely sticking to it yeah mate is is awesome it was quality to sit down with him um one thing
2: i really like about that interview i don't know if i'll um viewers or listeners picked up on we were his first media outlet of his vegas tour out of his whole
1: tour schedule and uh I, i'm very proud of that yeah i mean this guy's on espn obviously joe Mez, he's on disc golf pro tour like coverage he didn't need to sit down with a little uk based disc golf podcast but he did because obviously he loves growing the sport and uh obviously is always loving uh, having a chat about that about it so uh, yeah it was, it was awesome to have but the um that is about all we have time for this week. So, uh, Dale, why don't you let our listeners know where they can find us outside of the podcast?
2: Yeah, if you go onto Instagram and look for The Amside Podcast, we release all of our guests on there. We release everything we've got coming up and we have some great uh, viewer interaction. Um, it's really good to see. We love hearing your comments. As always, send us an email, amsidepodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com with any feedback um and it's gonna be the first time i'm gonna ask this today but if you are listening to any podcast um that lets you leave a review or rate of five stars would love it you know we love would love to know how we're doing so uh yeah go check us out
1: amazing and one more mention of the sponsor of the show dischub.co.uk obviously earlier on in the show i mentioned all the benefits great stock great prices great delivery so go check them out and they're uh, they're a wonderful support of the show so you help them out they help us out and we all get along Sounds good, man. We'll see you all next week. If we don't see you on the course, we will see you on the M side.